The sister that just spoke before me, Sister Moore, another name for her is Sister Bubbles. And I believe that is so. I believe any of us would love for her to talk ahead of the preacher that's getting ready to talk because she gives such a rich testimony. Reading from the Gospel of St. Mark, the first chapter, beginning at the first verse. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John indeed baptized in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all of the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway come up, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast and the angels ministering to him. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye. And believe the gospel. From St. John, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 21st verse. 20th verse. Our fathers worship, worship in this mountain. You say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell thee all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Well, what a wonderful privilege this morning to stand before such a lovely group of people. Apostle Paul said he came not to them with the words of wisdom, of man's wisdom, declaring unto them the testimony of God but determined not to know anything among them save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, I, I know that 
probably I won't talk too long. I got my grandson sitting here on the second seat here, and you all told me, I've told you many times how he likes to run the meeting sort of quick and short, to the point, not long talks. If I go too long, he might whistle, so I'll, I'll do that. But it's one thing I've said this many times, he does like, he does like meetings. I believe he spends more time in services than all of us put together. That's all he listens at, is the tapes of Christ's sanctified holy church, of men and women preaching and talking about the goodness of God. Also, I'm happy to say here, I'm glad to have a good portion of our family here this morning. Makes me feel good. My grandfather, just a few minutes I'll take this, my grandfather Will and Mariah Collins had nine children. One was a baby born, uh, born and died just a few months after he was born, but the other eight lived up to be from ages of 20 up to 88. In fact, Aunt Edna was the last one of them that just passed away this year. And while I'm saying that, her instructions was to her children for them to seek the Lord, to get sanctified, clean on up to the end. But every one of those children, those eight children, including my daddy, your daddy, and many other, are all in heaven today. All of them got sanctified. One time, one time, the folks had left the island. One time, none of my Pop Collins' children were sanctified at that time. And they come to him and said, Well, Will, if this thing is so good about sanctification that you preach about, and it keeps you and is so rich and so good, said, why aren't your children sanctified? His answer says, they will. So that's what we're saying to you all today, they're not sanctified. We believe you will. We're trusting that you will. We're praying that God will spare you until you seek him, that you might come to the scripture of Isaiah, the 55th chapter, seek you the Lord while he may be found, and call you upon him while he is near. Proverbs said there be a come a, would come a time, would come a time if we neglect him, when he says you would call and I wouldn't hear. He is called and you wouldn't hear. So what we say today, seek the Lord while he may be found. Praise the Lord this morning. If you don't mind, I do feel good. Feel the Spirit because that's what God intended for us to have that mankind could be filled. I read you the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just happened to think of a hymn when we were singing here, and I read you and Mark the beginning of the gospel. Jesus Christ come into the world to bring the gospel. He came to fulfill all that was spoken of him through all the ages of the Holy Scripture that prophesied of a king that would come and unite into one and make one people. His people have been scattered abroad through the years. In fact, when you get down to the last part of the Old Testament, they had lost Jerusalem, which was their foundation, which was where the Ark of the Covenant was, which was their city that they had a refuge in. But they lost the city of Jerusalem and the Babylonians and the Syrians destroyed it, tore down the Solomon's temple, and left them without a temple. Right. And the ark has never been discovered today, except that ark 
that God brought down through the promise of his son that was going to bring him into the world. The promise from the beginning that God was going to bring his son into the world. And to that day that ark is among his people. We found it. We found the ark. Into that ark contained the Ten Commandments. Aaron's rod that budded. And a little manna. And the bread was in there. Which was only a symbol. A shadow. That the God of Israel was going to come down later. Into the hearts of men and women. So that every man, every woman, boy or girl, wherever they may be, in the whole world could get a hold of the power and the glory of God. The beginning of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The promise that was hid from generation to generation that was now going to be made manifest to his saints was going to come down in the power and the glory in the presence. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The time is and now and shall be throughout all eternity. Ecclesiastes said that it was a world without an end. The beginning of the gospel is here today, right here in Perry, Georgia. Do you feel like saying hallelujah? Do you feel like saying praise the Lord? My Bible says, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise him. Praise the Lord.
Yeah, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. And then St. Luke, the 24th chapter, speaking about the promise and what God was going to send. He says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, till ye be endued with power from on high. This was used again in the chapter of Acts, the book of Acts, the first chapter, beginning at the uh, fourth verse, he says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Will then therefore, together they asked him, Lord, will at that this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the power had put in his own power, but you shall receive power. That's the point that I like to get at. We shall receive power. When? When do you receive power? After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses both in, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the othermost parts of, of the world. He's talking to them, to his disciples, that he was going to leave them something that was going to give them power, a promise that was going to be able to overcome the world. Right here in 1992 and through the years to come all the time. And that's the reason he said unto them, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Because in Christ, all of the Godhead body was in him. He is the church, Paul says to the Colossians. He is the church. He is the head. He is the beginning of the gospel. He speaks of it in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, the gospel, the beginning of the gospel. And when you get Christ in you, which is the hope of glory which is the power of God. When you get that in you, you get the kingdom of God. He said in the 17th chapter of St. Luke, when they sit, asked him about when the kingdom of God should come, he says to them very wonderfully, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. It doesn't come with observation as far as the natural man can see. Even though the world, the king, the Jews had looked for a kingdom, they thought a Messiah was going to come. They looked for one that was going to set up a kingdom over in the old country and over in Israel and still looking for him. When he's right here, when he's right here, he says, then he says, neither shall you say, lo, here or lo, there, but where is he? The kingdom of God is within you, within you. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I don't want to wait until I'm going. I need the spirit right now where I'm standing before you. I need it now. And bless the Lord, I got it now. Because I can feel it because he said my spirit will bear with your spirit. He says if you believe me, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. What he's speaking about, if you live, get sanctified, if you get a hold of the power of God, you'll be so saturated, you'll be so endued, you'll be so filled with the power on high, it'll make you feel like shouting, it'll make you feel like testifying, it'll cause you to live holy, it'll cause you to live right, it'll cause you to treat your brother right, 
It'll cause you to do things you thought you would never do. It may even cause you, some of us, to get off our seats sometime. Hallelujah. All right, he says here, telling Martha and Mary, and he very distinctly puts it out, how Martha and Mary looked for the resurrection of Lazarus. Lazarus was already dead, been dead for four days. She says, by now he stinketh. She said, I know he shall rise again the resurrection of the last day. Jesus says to her, I am, I, I, Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Well, we all pass from this life. We leave this veil of tears. We all going one by one. We don't know who's next, but we also can be ready. We die. We pass away. But what he's talking about, in another place he told him in the 8th chapter of St. John, that he that believeth in me shall never die. Never die. As far as your spirit, when you get resurrected with Jesus Christ, when you crucify the old man, when you crucify carnality, Uncle Raymond said last night, carnality, which is evil, which is the devil, which is the dragon, which is the old servant, John the Revelator clears him out, tells what he is. He is the person, he is the nature that you were born with from the fall of Adam, and it's into every man and woman's heart until the resurrection of Jesus Christ, until that Spirit of God comes into your heart, crucifies that old man, buries that old man, you're buried with him by baptism into death. Paul says in the 8th chapter, 6th chapter of Romans, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, he... By, by the glory of the Father, even so you shall also walk in newness of life. You'll be the, look the same. Well, no, it won't. It'll change your looks. It'll, it will. It'll clean you up from the head to, the, to your feet. All the way when sanctification comes in. And you'll want to do it. You'll want to do it. You'll look different. You'll act different. You'll be different. Because that Holy Spirit of God comes into a man or a woman's heart and sets his kingdom up within you. And instead of having the old nature and the old mind and the old ways and the old things, you put on the new man, which is created in Christ Jesus, works the things that are righteous, makes you love to go to church, makes you love to be around sanctified people, makes you want to read your Bible, makes you want to pray for people, makes you think of heavenly things, whatsoever things are right and whatsoever things are lovely and whatsoever things are a good report and all of these things together are compacted together, put into the heart of your heart and it's the most wonderful thing you ever got a hold of when you get resurrected with Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord for it. And with him we do. Well, what did he, what did he do this for? He came into the world. God sent him into the world. And of course, if I would quote John 3 and 16, you all would know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's a lot to that verse. It's deeper than people think it is. He gave his son. If his son had not come into the world, we would not got rid of the death penalty. We would not got rid of carnality and the sin principle that man was 
was born with. Nothing else in the world could do it. No, none other person in the Bible could bring this, this life to us but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Born different from anybody else in the world. All of Adam was formed out of dust of the earth and from then from the end. All everybody else was born after the flesh. But not this man. Not this man. He wasn't born after flesh nor of blood, but by the will of God. Showing to mankind that the Holy Spirit of God could come into your heart, come into your life, and make you a new creature, make you a new person in Him, making you to be a joint heir and heir with Jesus Christ. And the only way that you can say, Our Father, which art in heaven is to say our Father because He is our Father because He has begotten us again by a lively hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance incorruptible that's undefiled and faded not away reserved up in heaven for you. Raise your hand if it's there for you. Praise the Lord today. We should do that because God has given mankind that privilege. And this little church, this little group of people in 1887 through Joseph B. Lynch found out that when you got sanctified, you got resurrected. I'm happy to be a part of it. Happy to be a part of it. Not because I was born in the family that was part of the starting of it, but because I was born by the Spirit and the power of God like every one of us is. Everyone, whosoever will, let him partake of the water of life freely. Hallelujah. There came a sound from heaven. As a rushing mighty wind, it filled their hearts with singing and gave them peace within. The prophet gave this promise. Oh, the Spirit did descend. And from your inner being, a river without an end. Hallelujah today. Jesus said unto his disciples, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. As long as he was in the flesh. He kept them. He fed them. He walked with them. He nourished them. And gave them his, his parables. Read his parables and every one of them leads to the kingdom of God. Ever the kingdom of heaven is like unto, like unto uh, uh, the ten virgins. And the many more that we would put all these different things. The woman, that, uh, the great pearl of great price sold all that she had that she might find it. That's the way you and I have to do. Sell all that we have as it were. And that means yourself. That means yourself. And one of the hardest things for mankind to do is to dine out to the self. I heard that preach when I first got sanctified by Brother Josh Tarr. He said the hardest thing for mankind to do is to die themselves. But my, if you die, if you die, if you bury the old man, and I've said it before, you couldn't put yourself under the water for a few minutes, you drown. And you can't sprinkle, that wouldn't reach deep enough. But the Holy Spirit, <laughs> through the Holy Ghost, can put you down so far under that altar that it will bury the old man 
with his crucified, crucified with his deeds, with his deeds, and put him out, put him under his, your feet. Your feet, because Jesus, the last enemy that shall be destroyed, Paul says about Jesus, is death. He said to his disciples, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. Just think of that. I am. He told, God told, God told uh, Moses that. God told Moses in the burning bush. In the burning bush, Moses was doubting a little bit. And he looked at that burning bush and he said, what, what am I going to say? I can't speak. God said, who made man's mouth? Who made man's mouth? So you just go tell Pharaoh that I am it sent you. That is exactly what you get when you get sanctified. You get the I am. Through him. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It is not you that's speaking. That's the reason he says to us, he'll bring all things to your remembrance. You know how I pray when I talk or read the Bible? I ask the Lord to help me. I ask the Lord this very, when I was standing up here, Lord, bring all things to, your, to my remembrance, whatsoever you said unto me. I can't think of all these things, but the Holy Ghost can. When, when you get into the Holy Ghost Scripture, He'll bring all things to your remembrance and whatsoever He has said unto you. I heard my dad say over this very stand many years ago, he said, if you want to be a preacher, you've got to preach on your bed. Have you ever preached on your bed? Have you ever meditated on your bed? Have you ever let the Lord feed you on the bed? It is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful blessing to get those things. Oh, I thank the Lord for it. Well, getting back to, to the spirit that he was going to come. He came into the world, and he was going to leave the world. Stayed on here after he started preaching. He preached about three years. He was 30 years old when he came out. Started preaching three years. He didn't have to preach a long time because he had to accomplish a work. That's right. And he said he would make a short work upon the earth. He did. He did. Because everything was going to be complete in him, wrapped up into him. Right. So he says to him, says, I'm not going to leave you confidence in the 14th chapter of St. John. That's right. and, and they actually told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life because he was the truth. He was the way, and he was the light. That's right, that's right. He lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He giveth life. That's right. He bringeth life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's what it says in Timothy. He brought that to now manifest through the preaching and brought to life through the gospel. Jesus brings life to the human heart, to the soul. And he says to him here, I, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you, you, leave you confident. He said up here, in this verse I want to read to you, third verse of the 14th chapter. And I go, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, you all have heard this at many funerals. You've heard it said many times, and how many people look at this. And receive unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What he was really saying to the disciples here, I'm going to come again for you. I prepared a place for you. I'm going up there to prepare a place for you because I hold those keys. He, he held the keys. I hold the keys. And I'm going to go there. It's been, it's been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But I'm going to prepare, I'm going and prepare a place for you and receive you to myself so that where I am, that, where I am there you may be also. But in this interim, I'm going to send you a comforter 
I'm going to give you a comforter. What for? That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, the truth, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, <laughs> I like this, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. I like that special vision from heaven that brings you the freshness of the Holy Scripture that takes your mind off of everything else and puts it on the Spirit and the power of God till the new that makes you feel like shouting wherever you are when nothing else will do it. Oh, thank the Lord for it. Let me read you in closing just here and just a few more verses in the second chapter of, 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 of uh, Corinthians. Uh, Paul talking about how that to these Jewish people, how their minds were blinded to the reading of the law and to Moses. And it's evil over them today. There's a veil over everybody's eyes. There's a veil over everybody's eyes until the Holy Spirit removes it. I'll read it to you. And not as Moses which put a veil upon his face and that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end which is abolished. I thought, I thought of Stephen that was mentioned last night. Stephen was so full of the Holy Ghost that he looked like an angel. Brothers and sisters, I don't know. I guess that's just about the best smart we could set at. To look like an angel. To be so full of the Holy Ghost and to feel that presence of the Lord. I think that's a good looking glass to look into here. And uh, he said here, uh, but even, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the veil, same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with Christ. You see, see how he reveals things? See, they went out there and all of them couldn't get that. Moses went in that tent and, the, and God would come down in the cloud and when he come out, his face would shine and, sh and they couldn't steadfastly look at his face. But now... Listen what he says here. Even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their face. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But we all, with an open face, beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord, are changed unto the same image, from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Thank the Lord for the looks that he changed. You know, I just believe the Lord changes your looks. He just makes you look like a sanctified, holy person. Now, in closing. Found in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, beginning at the 21st. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I just feel like saying today, thank the Lord for such a wonderful gospel. 
I have told you the truth. I've told you the truth from the Word of God. You see, we are not paid ministers. We have no paid ministers or paid people in our church. Maybe we might pay a janitor, and then we don't pay him enough. But we, we do that. So we're all here. It's important that we get a hold of the right thing. And I wouldn't want to be up here telling people something that was not so. I'd want to tell you the truth. I'm risking my life on it, which I know is sound. And I feel like standing on it. And after now, 51 years ago this month, 51 years ago this month, this little boy, this little boy, up the island at the Church of Shingate, at 11 o'clock at night, singing the old ship of Zion, was translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And after 51 years of still holiness, still holiness, sanctification, holiness, it works. It'll do it for you. May we have a great prayer meeting to break out. May God's spirit come down to the lost and come to a God that can resurrect you and change your life. Thank you for this time. God bless every one of you.